Chatisfaction. Hi, everybody. Welcome to podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Keith. Um, we're going to attempt to chatisfy you this good day. Uh, before we started recording, we were talking about No Man's Sky. So let's just start talking about that. Yeah. So they. Um, oh, sorry. You talk about it. You go. You're okay. about to probably talk about it better than I was. I'll go. Um, well, they just put out another really big update for it. Um, no Man's Sky, for those unfamiliar, is was uh, one of the most hyped games of the last decade um, that had hype far beyond was achievable. I think most mm-hmm. of, at least you and I, were very aware of that. Uh, yeah. Tessa. Tessa's playing video games next to me, and she likes to yell at the game. So uh, we might have some <laughs> background conversation. That's totally fine, I think. Um, and uh, anyway, so No Man's Sky was announced, and this was a couple years ago, and it looked super cool. And it, it got it, the hype train went like just into outer space on this game, and it was being made by ten people. And so naturally, when it came out, it did not meet the hype. Um, but it was still, I thought, a very good game. And what it accomplished was incredibly impressive. Um, it's based, it's, a, it's a space exploration game where you are traveling a galaxy that is actually like the size of a galaxy. Um, but there's just not a ton to do. And so I played it for a good while and then kind of got bored of it. But they've put out two really big updates for the game. Um, and they just released the most recent one, which adds a whole, like, a ton more story content it adds new biomes like new rare type of planets i've seen uh i've seen one or two like screenshots of some of the rare planets and they're really really cool looking mm-hmm. um and so i and, and what i was saying earlier uh that i'll repeat on the microphone is just that i've been sort of craving a game that is engaging yet relaxing and that was that was my favorite thing about no man's sky is i played with a controller and I leaned back and I just sort of chilled. Like it's not, it's not a high stress game. Um, and I, and I liked that. Um, I don't think that there'll ever be that much hype for a game anymore after no man's sky. I think no man's sky really killed it for people and was a very cautionary tale of like, okay, it's time to stop doing this shit to ourselves. Like, cause it, it, that's that type of hype had happened before. But I think No Man's Sky was the biggest kind of heartbreaker in all of this. And hopefully an eye-opener for people to, like, we got to be realistic about what we're really looking for here. Because even the way Sean Murray, the lead designer, talked about it, and he, like, flat-out lied. There's videos of of him flat-out lying about what's in the game. Um, I tried to defend him for a while, but you can't can't defend it. Part of, part of the blame is on him. Part of the blame is on Sony. Part of the blame is on the audience itself. I think but most I think... of the blame is on the audience. And then the next big chunk is the development studio because they didn't do anything to try to yeah. stem this hype. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in a way I'm kind of glad because that means that we're getting as a public consciousness, we're going to have more realistic expectations of things. Um, but it was also upsetting because it's, it sucks to not get the thing that you thought it was and not even like a fraction of what you thought it was. See, 
Sorry, good. I keep cutting you off. I mean, I think th- that all the promotional footage and all the demos they showed were obviously super polished vertical slices. Um, and when the game came out, it didn't look anywhere near as good as those slices did at all. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't exciting in any way. It was neat to play for a little bit, but like you said, it was, it gave you this big galaxy of things to explore, but nothing to do. It had so much breadth and zero depth. Yeah. Um, so I played it for a little bit and I, it's not like you're not able to make your own fun, but what the game promised you, it didn't deliver. And what the developers promised you, it didn't deliver. So, um, I played it for probably, I don't know, 10 hours and had my own fun naming stuff and finding things and kind of making my own little goals and just hopping planet to planet. Uh, but after that, I just I just decided I was going to put it down. I knew that they were going to update it over time. It's been a year, and they've put out a couple of major updates, and I think you're definitely ready to go back to it. I'm going to go back to it pretty soon to see what it's all about. Yeah, and I'm not sure I'm I'm ready to commit to, like, I'm not, you know, because I, I would like to beat that game someday. Um, yeah. But I want. I also want to start over. Like, there's enough updates, and one of the big updates was like base building and freighters you can fly around and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. and that's something I want to do. And I, it's not like I remember anything I did in the game before. Um, and the the whole point of this game is that like there's you know essentially infinite planets to visit. So it's not like starting over. I'm gonna be retreading any territory. Um, yeah, I think it's probably a very friendly game for for start overs. Um, so yeah, I put I put twenty two hours in, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to play it some more. Um, it's like I said, it's just sort of the it's the pace I'm interested in right now. I uh, yeah. I haven't played a relaxing game in a while because I'm I'm fairly time poor, and so it's like oh I've got to go check my arc stuff, and then like you know, I'll put in a few rounds in overwatch cause I still love overwatch. Um, and mm. it's, it's a way I get to satisfy my video game craving and be social at the same time. Um, but I'm ready to sort of just, just chill, chill in a game. And that's what no miss guy was good for. Like exploring each planet as you got to it, uh, was really fun. Mm. And that's the thing. I just need a little more to do. And now like with the bases and stuff, I'm pretty sure you can like, take plants and like I, I think i'm hoping you can like take creatures and stuff and that's like that'll give me i'll be excited to find new creatures because i can add them to my collection instead of just you know scanning them and leaving yeah um a good relaxing game that i played on pc that gave me the sort of experience i was looking for with no man's sky without planet hopping uh was a game called astroneer yeah that's that's on my wish list i think um, I highly recommend it because it's got also a pleasing soundtrack, but I think it's a more, it's more of a satisfying game to play. Um, there's, there's like threats of dying and stuff, but you pretty quickly mitigate that by creating a base and then extending the oxygen field out and like figuring out how to do all these things is really satisfying. Nice. And then you're like exploring and seeing what's in these caverns and everything and yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. I've, I've got it on that. my wish list. Yeah, at, at some point for sure. Um, but I uh, 
as we've discussed before, I ain't got none of that Skrilla. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Um, another game I've been playing, probably on the opposite end and of the spectrum as far as relaxing goes, is I've been playing Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Um, and that game is everything that it's hyped up to be. Yeah. And I didn't think it would be, but it is. And that's, I mean, that's one of these, like, there's two types of hype, I feel like. There's hype, there's pre-game hype, where everyone's hyped theoretically. And then there's a game like that, where it's this, like, little unknown, or, like, this unknown, as they say, player unknown, mm-hmm. push like, release pushed out, this early access, that is so good that this hype explodes around it. Like, that's how ARC was. I remember reading about ARC the exact same way I've read about player unknown. Like, there's yeah. this new early access game on Steam, and everybody's going crazy for it. Um, yeah, and so that you know that's a little bit more. That hype is based in uh, on a foundation of an actual product. Um, yeah, and yeah. So tell me about it because I know I know all about it. A uh, couple of the guys I work with love it. It's the only game they play, and they play it every night, all the time. Um, Dude, I could see that, yeah. and they're good at it. They win a, a fair amount. Um, oh boy. I came in third place today. Holy so, shit. Yeah. Nice job. Uh, I, so what it is, if, you, if you're familiar with Battle Royale, the, the movie, the Japanese movie that came out in the early 2000s, I believe, um, or even like a Hunger Games almost, it's a, the game is the contest, which is all these people are just put on an island and it's, uh, they all try to kill each other till there's one left. Um, and so it's just a multiplayer game that is that. So you all, it's a hundred people and you can play solo or you can play in teams of two or you can play squads of four. Um, so I've just been doing solo for the last like week that I've been playing. Oh, I thought, um, um, I thought it was it Billy got it with you. No. Or somebody else. It. Okay. I thought you were going to get it with someone else to play. Um, a friend at work, Daniel, he got it. Oh, Daniel. That's it. And we've been trying to, play together but we haven't been lining up schedule wise um but yeah so it's a, a hundred people get you ride uh like an ac-130 plane over an island and you get to decide when you jump out and you like uh you free fall onto the island and you have like a uh, a fucking a parachute and so you kind of try to pick where to where to land you want to land near some houses because that's where all the gear is and you just kind of load up. You arm yourself with however many weapons you can find and however much armor you can get uh, and try to make it to the end. So for me, because I'm not that good at it, it's more about like avoiding conflict and just being prepared for it. So I always like to have like a pistol, some sort of mid-range gun and a long-range gun. Um, and then I'm just looking for armor after that pretty much. So this... I've been playing a bunch. I've only gotten into, or I didn't even make it to the top 20. The closest I got was 21 before today. Um, but, uh, yeah, you just try to make it till the end. And there's, it's like, it's really intense. The sound design is absolutely necessary for you to pay attention to because there's, there's, I haven't had a more tense moment in gaming in a while than, uh, scavenging a house and i like close all the doors behind me and hearing someone come in the house while i'm upstairs in a room uh crouched and i just i just stayed there just fucking frozen waiting for this guy to come in the room and he did and i killed him that is terrifying 
as I was scavenging him, someone else came in and killed me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really, I that game is like it's super on my list. Um, when I have twenty bucks to throw at a game, I feel like that might be it because I really want to play it, and that Tim really wants to get it too. Um, yeah, and we if we had. If I if Tess and I could both get it, we could have we could play a squad. You, me, Tim, and yeah. Tessa. Um, yeah, it'd be really fun. That we just would run the whole spectrum, like of you guys being good at shooters and me and Tessa being bad at shooters. It'd be really interesting. Yeah, and I'm not very good. I'm I'm probably moderate. Tim would probably be the best, but yeah. I'm a uh, pretty moderate. Today I was when I was in the top like 15. I was like, oh fuck. You know, because as you play, the play area gets smaller and smaller. There's a circle that encloses as the match goes on. So every five minutes, the play area gets smaller. And portions of the map are just poison, basically. You have to make it to wherever it's pointing you. Um, And I, wherever I set myself up in the beginning of the game happened to be where the map was just naturally closing in at. So I avoided some conflict early. And then as it was getting smaller, I had to engage with people and I ended up killing two people towards the end. And I'm like getting really nervous and I'm like shaking and my palms are sweaty and I kill two people and I go into a warehouse to like heal myself because you don't have regenerating health. Mm-hmm. And some dude was just chucking grenades in there and killed me. He junk ratted you? Yeah. Oh, he totally did. Um, but top, top 10 at least. That um, third was pretty hot. Three out of a hundred is pretty fucking good. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't expect to crack the top fifty when I play that game. Um, You'd be surprised if you avoid conflict. You can make it to the top forty or thirty pretty easily. I'm it's just really so, that top. I'm 20 so bad at those like clutch moment shots and games like that. But I want to play yeah. it either way. I still want to play it because it's like you know, the, even if I do as good as I possibly could, it's like a half hour commitment per round, which. I like that because there's there's been a version of that for Ark out for a while called Ark Survival of the Fittest, um, mm-hmm. but it's Ark, so you have to like you have to make so many decisions about like what do you level up, what kind of weapons do you make, do you tame dinos, do you try to build up your strength? Like you know, there's so much to it, and I just know that everybody else playing is going to have all of these strategies that I don't even know about. But player unknown yeah. seems so much more grounded. Like it's just you down there and you try to find shit and you try to live, you know, like, but it's not about yep. like, there's not a skill tree or navigating at the same time or anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's I like it. Low impact. The, uh, the guys I work with play duo uh, most of the time. Mm-hmm. And they said it's a lot scarier or a lot harder because there's a downing mechanic in duos. Um, mm-hmm. And so you'll like in, in like single player, uh, you know, when you kill someone, they're just dead. But in this one, it's like you'll you'll see a person and you won't know where their teammate is, but you'll have to assume they're around. And so, like, you don't want to give away your position by attacking them because then they might come out and attack you and then get their teammate. Like, it just adds a whole new dynamic with, like, the downing and the stuff. Yeah. Um, that seems pretty cool. You could use them as bait, though, if you yeah. down them. Just leave them out there. And wait uh, for the person to come revive them. I'm going to be so much bait. I'm be um, a master baiter. Yeah. It's like describing it and even like watching someone play doesn't give you the full experience. You just have to play it because yeah. it's mostly, like I said, avoiding conflict, which sounds boring, but the tension in the game is so, uh, it's so real. And yeah. It's terrifying that like, even when I hear 
gunshots that are kind of close i'm like oh fuck what direction did i come yeah. in and where should i run next like it's not like call of duty charge in be a one-man army it's, right. it's like yeah it's it's did you uh did you see that kotaku article about the uh the stream snipers no um so the these there's these people that will watch uh like prominent twitch streams figure mm. out what server these people are in and they're watching them so they can see where they are and then yeah. they go to where they are and instead of like going and finding them and killing them they're following them around honking their horns <laughs> like in, in cars <laughs> that's funny yeah and it's just like there's just like this constant screech of a horn outside while this person is trying to like play the game it's it's just funny i think i like it's a good a good form of trolling yeah yeah that's why i don't want to stream the game there's so much like i know there's a lot of wacky business like that going on yeah um but yeah it's fun highly recommend for everyone out there who's who's debating it like i was for the longest time um i know like you know it, even like I, I don't know when i'm gonna be able to get it but uh tim's really into it so if you're looking for someone to play with in, in the immediate future i'm sure he'd love to play it with you yeah um for sure. so tim if you're listening to this hit up keith my dog um mm-hmm. let's see oh i mentioned uh junk rat earlier mm-hmm. and uh i want to segue off of that onto uh blizzard announced today their plans for gamescom um mm-hmm. which is like i don't is gamescom strictly a blizzard thing or is it just a german games conference that blizzard is prominent in it's german it's a german games conference okay um blizzard basically said that they're going to premiere a new animated short for overwatch mm-hmm. at gamescom which is next week and uh they're also um oh going to preview a new map and somebody was data mining in overwatch and found a voice line from Junkrat that says welcome to Junkertown." um oh shit so people are of course suspecting that the new uh, map is going to be Junkertown, and it would make sense if they're doing this at the same time the new short would be like a Junkrat roadhog short which i think could be a lot of fun especially if it ties into the map like if we get some lore with the map um and i hope everybody hopes that i've seen on on reddit um that it's a a strictly payload map because it's the only map type that doesn't have four versions of it um Mm -hmm. because there's a decent amount of the hybrid maps where you have to capture the point and then move a payload um but there's only there's uh i can only think of two payload maps right now um Route 66 is 100% payload. Yeah. And then I can't even remember the other one. Um, Watchpoint Gibraltar. Yeah, Watchpoint Gibraltar. And I I don't, I can't think of a third one. So this would only be, I think this would only be three. I mean, there very easily could be a fourth. I just can't remember. But there's, uh, or a third. What's the one that's in like the Mexican town? Oh, yeah, Dorado. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, so this would be the fourth payload map and i believe there's four of the other types so it makes total sense that yeah this would like that it would be payload and it makes sense if it's junker town like Junkrat and roadhog are thieves that's their whole deal um mm-hmm. so trying to like get their loot from point a to point b or something like that would make 
would make sense. So I'm excited about it because I Junkrat's one of the characters that I've consistently enjoyed the whole game, and he's also your least favorite character in the game. Um, not when I'm playing Zarya. I love I love Junkrat. Then. <laughs> yeah, he's your. Favorite. I have a newfound love for him because Zarya's my main now. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't played Overwatch together in forever. I know. I've I have not been like wanting to play it. Yeah. Uh, so I I want to play games with you guys. I just don't necessarily want to play Overwatch right now. Right. I've been having a lot of fun playing a bunch of other games. Um, but I've calmed down on Diablo. I'm having a lot of fun playing uh Player Unknown Battleground, but that's pretty much it right now. Other yeah. than that, I've just been I've just been drawing a bunch. So Ooh, nice. Um yeah, I've Tessa's gonna be uh Tessa is as cool as it's been that she loves playing Overwatch with us. I mm-hmm. forget that she's still not like a full blown video game nerd because I keep suggesting yeah. new games, and she's like, "No, I have my two video games." <laughs> she's like, mm-hmm. "I don't need a new one," and I'm like, "Well, yeah. no, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you always have to be getting new games and playing new games." Um, I really, I've been craving Lucio Ball in Overwatch. Just really makes me want to play Rocket League. Um, mm-hmm. I've been craving Rocket League, and I'm trying to get her to play it, but she's she's not having it. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, um, we'd have to buy it and a controller, so it wouldn't be a cheap investment. Have you guys been playing Splatoon at all? Not much at all. Um, mm. I yeah, like I said, I'm just so time poor. I, she was playing some the other day, um, but it's uh, no, I haven't. I haven't had much of a chance. I really like. I mean, we need to get to a breaking point in Arc where we're done, and it's yeah. going to open up video game time because arc is such a time commitment and it, there's like you're compelled to go back to it um yeah like i just set up a bunch of turrets around my house that are plants but i have to keep them fertilized like and so it's like oh i gotta play arc today i haven't i've been playing a couple of days and i've got to make sure all my plants are alive like there's all this shit that you have to go back and check on mm-hmm. um and it's the kind of game like for us at least like we're either going to be playing it or not so i think once we get to a point where we're done we'll be just done done we'll we'll cut off our server and stuff um but yeah and then i think there will hopefully be more splatoon time cool yeah i haven't played it in a while either i think since the last time we actually talked about it so i want to i want to play some more because i was thoroughly enjoying it that's good um it's yeah. the Splatoon is like it's just Nintendo at its best. Um yeah. it's them doing their own thing and it's like they they make some really dumb decisions, but they make so many good decisions in the process and it's mm-hmm. just colorful and it's bright and it's everything that that most of the other shooters aren't and it's just so much fun in its own right. Like it's just fucking fun and that's that's my favorite thing about Nintendo, as I've mentioned many times. They just know how to make a fun game, usually. And then sometimes they fuck up. A lot of times they fuck up. But when they do it right, they do it better than anyone else. I was getting super into Salmon Run before I started stopped playing. And I think I that's... I haven't even I'm played gonna, that like, It's really good. Like, it takes them a minute to get into because it starts off... Like, you have to, like... You have to, like, level up and stuff. So it starts off really easy and boring. But once it starts being hectic like actually hectic it gets really uh yeah that's that's the addictive kind of let I, me try this one more time i always like pve modes in those games because i'm not that good at them and so when it's mm-hmm. just like 
teaming up with someone, it's always easier to fight AI. That's I I've we've talked before. Just I I loved Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I played that so much. That was the first online game I feel like I ever actually got into, and it was mostly because uh, Tim and I played together all the time, and you played with us some, and Rob played, and Jadub played. Um, yeah, and it just was a blast, and it had it had like a randomized loot system that kept you winning. Yeah. yeah. See, the fact that you are into that, um, I'm confident you will like Destiny because Destiny is that with content. Like, it is just you and two other people, like blasting through a breadth of PVE content. Yeah. Um, with the with the loot grind, loot chase, and all that. So, I, and the fact that like Mass Effect Three shooting especially in that multiplayer, it was, it was not like baby shooting, you know, it was, you had to be skillful with it and you, you had to balance your powers and stuff. Yeah. I think, I think you'll be into destiny. Yeah. I'm, I'm hope. I mean, and the good thing is I have it. I already own it. Came with my video card. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we will find out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, um, so I think since we last spoke, my plans have kind of solidified, um, mm-hmm. but uh, Tess and I are going to Alliance, Nebraska, to be in the path of totality for the eclipse on Monday. Oh, cool! That's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm getting really excited. Uh, it's going to be a fucking shit show, but it's going to be an adventure, and that's what I'm excited about. Just because there's going to be so many people there. Yeah, the uh, so we're going to this like park called Carhenge, and it's mm-hmm. a, a recreation of Stonehenge, but with uh, junk cars um and it's like it's like a well-known place in that little nebraska town i guess um mm-hmm. but alliance the town of alliance is a population of nine thousand, and Carhenge alone is expecting sixty thousand people hmm. um so it's just going to be crazy but we actually got uh for 50 bucks i got a place right like like walking distance from car hinge to park our car and set up a tent um so we're gonna go sunday try to get there probably early-ish sunday um so that if we get you know we're gonna be stuck in traffic no matter what i don't think there's any way any way around it um but we'll uh we won't have to stress about it like if it takes us 10 hours to make a four-hour drive we get to we don't have to worry about it um yeah and then we can we'll park the car, set up our tent, just kind of hang out. But it's like there's going to be so many people that we like we can't rely on anything. Like we're going to bring all our own food. I'm actually I'm borrowing a big gas can from my dad, and like I'm going to bring a essentially a, a backup tank of gas um, because these these little towns just like aren't even as much as they're preparing. I don't think they're equipped to handle the influx of people. Uh, yeah. So it's it's fun. It's like we're knowingly going into a nonviolent zombie apocalypse situation um so all of that is exciting and then just the fact that we're going to get to see the eclipse in totality is really cool i've been reading some some cool articles about people that basically say uh you know people who like this stuff really like it obviously so you have to take Mm -hmm. everything with a grain of salt but you know everyone essentially says like close enough isn't good enough like if you are in 99% totality, it's going to be interesting and forgettable. But then if yeah. you're in 100% totality, like everybody, the people who, who like the eclipse chasers, basically 
they all say it's like a life changing a moment, like spiritually and all this crazy stuff, which, you know, it's all, it's these people chase this all like they, they follow these all every time they come around. So obviously they're super into it, but it's just pretty neat. Like I I've been actually searching for people. I've been trying to find information on people who have, uh, been in a total eclipse and not been that impressed and I can't find anything. Yeah. Um, Aaron and Molly are going to South Carolina to see it. And, uh, I think me and Adriana wanted to go, but she's, she's got like something already planned for that day. Yeah. Like un uncancelable, I believe. I don't remember what it was, but we talked about it and, uh, not doing it, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome and impressive. And, uh, you'll have to tell me about it. I will. I definitely will. And, um, there's a, another eclipse, eclipse, eclipse coming through America in 2024. So, uh, we'll see how this one is. And then, you know, if it's it really as great as everyone says, we'll make sure to get to that one in 2024. You, you included. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so anyway, that's just a, a little, that's the exciting thing going on in my life is where, uh, we're trying to plan for this. Oh, and the way we're funding it, like funding gas and food is, uh, this is actually some sad news. I -hmm. just, uh, today I sold my sob to a junkyard for $150. Damn. And I'm like genuinely bummed about it. I almost cried. You should be because that thing lived longer than it had any right to. And it was because of the love that you put into it. Yes. In the form of string and duct tape. Hey, but that shit, you made it work. I did. Uh, yeah, I just fucking love that car like that. I will never have a car like that again. Um, in any way, like, obviously I'm not going to have a car that shitty again. Like that, that literally has string to open the doors. Um, and my own personally designed, uh, spray bottle windshield wiper fluid system. (laughs) Um, that just so that everybody knows, I'm not talking about holding a spray bottle out the window and spraying my windshield. I ran a piece of tubing along the hood and strapped it to the hood and poked pinholes in it and then had it in my door in my passenger seat. And so I would squirt this bottle in the comfort of my car and it would spray windshield wiper fluid up on my windshield because I'm a goddamn genius. Yeah, it was like a mad scientist vehicle. It was. That's what I, every time I drive people around, that's what they'd say. They'd be like, I love riding in your car. Like, it's like riding in a, in a crazy person's, like, contraption. It's um, like Doc Brown's workshop from Back to the Future. Except without the smartness. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was smart. You, a car that uh, realistically should have lasted you a year after you got it lasted you, like, six years, so... But yeah, it's just been sitting in my driveway because it's it, the radiator's completely busted, and it's. Yeah. I I remember I was talking to my mechanic, who's like a sob guy, and he's like private little business, you know. He's sort of shoestring as well, like he, he's. A, but I liked him a lot. He's knew a lot of mm-hmm. shit. Was really honest. Um, and I called him, and I I was like, Ken, I was like, I think, I think, uh, my sob might be dead, and he goes, Your car died a long time ago. 
And uh, I was like, oh, okay. And then I, this was like before actually it was officially dead. And I was talking to him about it. I was like, you know, like I'm just trying to, I want, I want to give it to you and like, let me know what exactly needs to be done and whether it's worth it to. And I, before I even finished the sentence, he goes, no, it is not worth it. No, no, no. <laughs> He's yeah. like, he goes, I as would love to tell you to bring me your car and I'll put a bunch of work into it. He's like, but it is just not worth it. He's like, you have so many problems. Like, He's like, it would cost so much money to get that car in reliable condition. Like, but I just like, he like cut me off to be like, nope, absolutely not. I know what you're yeah. asking me and it's not worth it. No matter what, it's not worth it. Yeah. You got to let it go as much as you don't want to. Yeah. So anyway, it's sad, but I very much, it's like, this is like the end of the giving tree where this car, my sob and it's, it's dying breath is getting us uh, on a fucking road adventure. Mm-hmm. to see an eclipse and that makes it even cooler that we're going to a fucking car monument yeah you know so it, it all like i'm 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 excited about the whole thing like uh, tess and i are both excited we don't doesn't i never take we've i don't think we've ever taken a trip that was just for us to do something it's always been to visit family or something like that which we like our family and our friends a whole lot but you know so it's just me the two of us going I mean, we're still going to do something but we're i think we're both excited about a mini, a miniature road trip, just the two of us. Yeah, and the, an old sob, old did sob you keep did a piece it for of us. It? I did. I took off the uh, the the gas door mm-hmm. um, because it it had uh, it had my Sphinx uh, decal on it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so yeah, the gas door to my sob. I think it was a a, a good piece to keep. Yeah, that's cool. And I kept the. Uh, the passenger rear view mirror that fell off mm-hmm. like not the entire thing, but the actual piece of mirror came off once when Tim closed the door. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I wasn't there for it, but I remember it being not there. Yeah. It was always a good um, joke. Cause I kept it in the passenger side door. And so when people go, what happened to your mirror? I go, Oh, it's right there. And then I'd ask them to hold it out the window for me. <laughs> Yeah. And then they'd say, could we pull over? <laughs> I'm not comfortable in this. Yeah. But I usually got to that point when it started smoking. Oh, man. One of the last times I drove it, I drove it. Um, <laughs> one of the last times I drove it, I was like running late to catch my bus to get to work. This is when I lived in Fort Collins and worked in downtown Denver. And so I just like hopped on the fucking highway and gunned it and my car had not been over 40 miles an hour in like a couple years probably and i was going like 80 and then uh i started smelling like fucking french toast in my car and i was like that's probably not good and then smoke just started pouring in through the vents and i was like that's really not good (laughs) and so i (laughs) pulled off in this parking lot and uh called my mechanic and it's it was like an electrical problem in the dash which actually was a relative or not an electrical problem it was like i i blew a heat coil um, and it, it was relatively easy to fix, but then after I got it down here, like Tessa was driving it and the, the, something happened with the, the radiator. So I didn't even realize that I didn't get to drive it on its last drive. That's disappointing. Yeah, man. <laughs> so anyway, Keith, I want to have a moment of silence for my beautiful sob. Okay.
Okay, thank you. And thank all of you listeners for taking part in that moment of silence. If you're at work, I assumed you asked everyone in the office to be quiet for that period. (laughs) Uh, You know it. (laughs) Um, Speaking of little trips with your significant other, uh, I went on one with mine, and uh, we went to a place called Loray Caverns. Are you aware of this place? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I went for, I don't know if I went for a field trip or just I went as a kid, but I have been, but it's been a very long time. Yeah. I went as a kid with my mom and I don't, I didn't remember it that well. So we decided we wanted to go and we, we just took a little trip together and went there. Um, cool fucking place, but also where my mind went was weird and bizarre as it usually is. Um, as you can attest to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, because I think, because you're in there, you're in these caverns, and essentially what you're looking at is the way I saw it, because it was like halfway through the tour, and she turned to me and asked me like what I think of all that, and then I regurgitated my garbage that I don't understand why she still dates me when she hears <laughs> this shit. But as uh, you know, essentially what you're looking at is uh, full scale war in super slow motion uh it takes like so water comes down into the earth can you backtrack for me because i don't remember and just for everybody else like what is lurie caverns so it's just uh some caverns that have been carved out in virginia um that some guy found and at like a long time ago i don't i'm bad with details uh i don't remember his name or anything but he found i I have a i have a theory on his last name what i lou ray uh no i don't think so really was it i don't know but i imagine that's why it's called lou ray caverns probably i don't know i'm the i'm the wrong person to ask (laughs) that um but yeah it's just it's these it's a pretty expansive cavern uh that's in virginia it's just like it's cool that there's something like that so close to us um and yeah, you go kind of you go miles deep into the earth. I think it's some there's all kinds of shit down there, but uh so essentially what happens is uh water just kind of carves out like hollows the earth out and it it comes down the walls and it's actually like pulling rock down slowly. Um so it's something like 150 years will cause the rocks to extend down to the earth by one inch, one cubic inch. So it's, it's like water is just literally pulling and eroding earth in the inside and the earth can do nothing about it. Um, so I was like, yeah, this is, this is just uh this is war. This is full scale war in super slow motion. And I like went into like my, my shit where I just kind of like elaborated and uh, I was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Is it um, war though? Like, is is the Earth fighting back? I think it. I would think it's trying to, but it's losing. Water is just. It's maybe not war, but it's definitely like the the Earth is rotting from the inside, and this is just a snap. We only get to view it in a snapshot. Um, so where I think a lot of people go down there and, and think it's like beautiful, um, I was like, man, this is uh, terrifying. Not terrifying, but it's it's just uneasy to look at and think about and compare to kind of what's going on in our bodies. Yeah. 
Who I mean, like, who knows what it fucking looks like inside my intestines right now, but it's probably not good. Um, your intestines is definitely not good. Yeah. Um, I did pull it up real quick, and it's called Luray Caverns because it's outside of Luray, Virginia. So, yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, that's what I thought, but I also didn't want to like say because I wasn't sure. You thought I was an idiot? No, that it was because of the location, not the person that it was named that. Well, I'm going to come um, right out and say it. I bet that location might be named after someone. Hey, maybe. So maybe. there. You might be right on that one. I remember as a kid, they always advertised there was like something about the caves. There was like scrambled egg formations. Am I yeah, making that up? Over, over easy eggs or something like that. Or sunny side up eggs. And what are they like? Just, rock, it's just weird these, rock formations? Yeah, it's a weird rock formation where I think someone messed up when they were carving some of the stalagmites out. And the way that it looked, it just happened to look like a, two sunny side up eggs. Oh, but they're like, you think it's it's man influenced? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And then there's there's one really cool part where there's a pillar that had like just naturally fallen over. And... So usually when you see the stuff, it's all running in one direction, but then there's this one pillar where all of the like water damage is running uh, perpendicular to everything else. And then there's also like new water damage that makes it like run not side to side, but also downwards too. Yeah. You can tell you have a different view of this because you refer to it as water damage. Yeah. And then the wet menace came in. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I all, the nonsense that I spouted out this woman, I honestly don't, I don't understand why she doesn't like run for the hills sometimes. But you know, because it's like, would you? What's more interesting to be in a cave with someone who goes, "Oh, look, it's pretty," or who goes, yeah. who gives you their crazy batshit idea about uh, water waging war on into the earth? Like that's a, that's a far more. You're a catch, Keith. I like that. <laughs> Thanks. Um. But yeah, it's neat. It's cool to be like under the earth. Yeah, nice I remember cool down there too. Um, remember when you guys we went to those caverns, uh, like up Highway seventy in Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that, the, like the place the that music weird park little that was in the mountain theme park. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, those were cool too. But I think Lurie Caverns is a lot more, a lot more to it. Yeah. What was weird about that one is you go into that room where they like shut the lights off and it's just complete dark. And I was like, Oh no, not this. <laughs> turn the lights, <laughs> oh. turn the lights back on. <laughs> turn uh, see, them back on. I love that. Cause that's the whole premise is it's like, this is the closest to, to total darkness you can achieve, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it is, there's something like deeply scary about it, but also really cool. Um, I've told yeah. you before my interest in uh, I really, really want to do a float tank like the uh, sensory deprivation chamber. Yeah. Uh, which they are the same thing, but sensory deprivation sounds like war torture uh, mm. and float tank sounds like therapy. And that's that's what like people use them for. But I've always like that's when I go to sleep, I try to imagine 
that like my bed goes on in a million miles in every direction and like i like pure darkness and pure silence like so that the idea of laying like because it's like liquid that they put so much um i think epsom salt in it that you're like super buoyant so you you like float on top of the water and then it's like a perfect body temperature inside and it's pitch black uh and it's like soundproof and so and you just lay there and like you know fall asleep or get stuck in your own brain or whatever like but it sounds really really cool to me yeah um i've seen seen a few people like experience it and i also listen to joe rogan's podcast and he talks about doing that all the time for himself yeah. um yeah and like the way he talks about it is is really cool like he goes in there and he experiences worlds in there that's just as real as anything else he's ever experienced because it is just your mind getting to to play for a little bit like Mm -hmm. to run wild and see what you can come up with um and and then you do since you are floating you're you kind of like detach from your body so so the only the only thing that breaks it is every every once in a while you'll like hit the wall because you're just kind of floating in whatever direction right um but and then he talks about like he does mushrooms and goes in there sometimes and i'm like uh i don't know and this uh, someone asked him he's like well why do you do that and he's like just to scare myself just to feel fear (laughs) sounds terrifying (laughs) yeah um i feel like mushrooms you need a grounding and so if you're completely detached all five of your senses are detached in there yeah 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 imagine that shit (laughs) yeah um i'm not saying i wouldn't do it but it it would be a it would be a life changer for sure i i could see myself doing it one day really i could see myself getting to a point to to doing that i'd have to do the the chamber itself just kind of a few times just just myself not inebriated by anything yeah um but yeah i mean even just doing mushrooms themselves i could see myself doing that again one day um, i'm glad to hear that yeah i'm not sure if i can do them again just because of your job no because the time we did them was not a good time it really was not <laughs> but uh i think a lot of that too is like i didn't know what to expect you know so now now that i've like read up on it and i I've heard other people talk about it and get their experiences too. And um, I think I'm more comfortable with the idea of doing it again. And to know that like when you go into it, you really have to make sure that everything is out on the table emotionally before you kind yeah. of take the plunge. Cause yeah. I think there was a lot of stuff that I was repressing at that point and I'm much more open about how I feel about stuff now. I'm way more open with people. And as part of that, like, I sort of attribute that openness to your mushroom trip. Yeah. Um, do you agree with that or am I, am I full of shit? I, I do agree with that. Cause I think what a lot of people asked me when I did it and I, and I came back home, uh, was like a lot of people say you, you kind of transform into a different person, which is like kind of true and not because when at first, like the few the first few months I was like, well, not really. But I think at, over time, I noticed a difference in myself. I was just a lot less 
uh, I would say anxious and a lot less depressive because I didn't know I was those things until after doing this. Right. Um, and I would say that, yeah, there, there's a change that happened because of that, but it just, it just took time. It took the full year afterwards to kind of have all that stuff set in. That's what anybody asks you, like, how long is the mushroom trip? That should be your answer. It's about 365 days. (laughs) The first part's really intense. And then you come down for the next 12 months. Um, Yeah. No, it's very, and that's like, I think it's fair to say like, so I, uh, the, the short version of the story, uh, for our listeners is that like, I, I've, I've uh, dabbled in mushrooms a handful of times and always had an amazing time. And then Keith came out to visit and, uh, me and him and Tessa did some, and we did way too much, um, like way more than I had ever done, um, and I think I, I've thought about this a lot. I think I could have kept my shit together if you were having a good time. Um, yeah. But I think because you were having such a bad time, it like pulled me into this. Like it, it allowed me not pulled me in, but it, it allowed to like it tipped me into a negative place as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just so intense. It was inescapable. Um, and so, so yeah, like there, there's, there's a lot of like, you know, funny stories honestly about that night that we could get into that'd be that could be a fun special episode we just do a total retro of our of our mushroom trip yeah um but anyway yeah it was rough and like i've had guilt over it for a long time because i feel like i brought you into that horrible experience um and i know that we've talked about this i know you don't necessarily want me to have that um but the fact uh, is like i i chose it so yeah there's only I don't think you should feel guilty at all because it was my choice. 100%. Yeah. But I, 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 was I, the dosed, one who, like, I picked the dosage. The idea. <laughs> I picked the dosage. Well, I mean, you live and learn. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Um, not that no we thought died, we were going to so. live that night. Um, yeah, just, well, <laughs> I think it is less concerned about, am I going to die? The only concern with that, with that was from a self inflicted sort of thing. Am but, I going to kill myself? Right. Uh, but more so like it does, if you're not careful and I mean, I think this happens even if you are careful, but you can, you can have the feeling of going insane because you lose a sense of time, which is really important Yeah, in life. Um, and so like I would literally close my eyes for like a few seconds and open them and I felt like hours had passed. Um, like I felt like I was in a different scene of a movie. It's like when you transition from scene to scene, yeah. like I would close my eyes and probably move my head and open them again. And I felt like it was, it was a different time. Yeah. Um, and not being able to grasp how much time had passed from the last time I did that in any way, shape or form. So you lose a sense of time and then you lose a sense of self. And then you lose a sense of like, uh, actual, like your body, like yeah. dimension, I would say. And that's the thing. Yeah. This is because of how much we did. Like, yeah. Uh, anyway, and I, I do. I think this would be a fun thing to do a deep dive into if you wanted to at some point. Um, yeah, sure. But um, but what I was just gonna say is I don't I don't think you like just sort of you said this a little bit ago, but I don't think it's fair to say that you become someone else. I think it's more you like unlock some pieces of yourself. But like, it's always stuff that's been there, and that's like yeah. I've the the times I've tripped that weren't bad. Uh, 
I, that's how I always felt afterwards. I like felt, I just felt comf- more comfortable in my own skin because I felt, I felt more in touch with who I was afterwards. Um, and even it's the big thing, even with this, with our negativity, we were just talking about, um, like, I can't recommend doing mushrooms enough. Just start small. Like if you, if you do them and you don't have a great time, like if you, if you take mushrooms and you don't get super high, uh, you still feel good and then maybe try a little bit more next time. Like, but there's, I, I do, I think that it is like you, you learn something about yourself, no matter how much you take, you learn something about yourself and that might be good. It might yeah. be bad, but it's something that's probably important to know. Yeah. It's, it's definitely super important to know. Um, I think that, that you said it best. Like the most important thing that you get out of it is that you do, I don't know if this is ubiquitous for everyone. I know it's it happens to a lot of people, but you lose your sense of self when you come out, like coming out of it. Pardon me, being on the other end of the trip, you you lose your sense of self, and I mean that. And like you're not all important like you used to be. Like you you feel more like that your actions have ripple effects on the rest of humanity. Like for me, I felt more connected with everyone else on a scale, on like a global scale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you feel maybe it's like the empathy kicking into overdrive afterwards, but yeah, there's a, there's a huge sense of connection. Um, yeah. And once again, maybe that's because that connection is something that's important to us. And so it's something we feel a lot like that's the thing. I've, it's just, it amplifies your, your emotions. And yeah, that was one of the bad things is that you had some, some buried bad ones that yeah. came, came out. People are doing some studies though, where uh, like magic mushroom is is like curing people of chronic depression. Yeah, it's it's a decent like therapy um, because it. I mean, I would imagine like I'm I'm not a depressed person, but I would imagine it forces you to really face some of your thoughts pretty head on. Yeah. Um. No, I know someone that has some psychological issues, and she's been uh, what they call micro dosing like almost mm-hmm. daily just taking like a little bit cause it, it helps clear mine. Yeah. Um, I've heard of people microdosing with LSD instead of using antidepressants. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like really preliminary testing, but well, and that's the, the, for me, that's like, I don't want to put antidepressants in my body. It's like, yeah, because they're like chemicals and stuff, but like, so is LSD, like it's made in a laboratory. So the idea of microdosing with like mushrooms makes way more sense to me of like why you would go down that alternate path because it's Mm. natural. Um, Yeah. That's my, that's my rule with uh, drugs of any kind. I'm not willing to do anything that's been chemically altered in a lab. I want to do, like I'll smoke weed or I'll, I've done the mushrooms one time, but that's stuff that grows out of the ground, out of the earth. Yeah. Um, I'm to fuck with this crystal meth, this stuff that will apparently. Keith, uh, I don't know how many times to tell you, it's so good. Crystal <laughs> meth is so much fun. There's apparently a drug that, like, so people like fuck around and try to make different variations of like LSD and meth all the time, and apparently scientists made this drug that is so powerful that you take it one time. And you get the full effects of Parkinson's disease forever. You are done. The <laughs> end result, you, it results like by the end of whatever trip you go on, you you have the end result of Parkinson's and you're done. You're just done living. 
it's that's nuts. That's why I'll never fuck with shit like that. Let's do it. No thanks. They'll never fuck with cutting edge experimental uh super intense drugs. Yeah, imagine being the guy that's like, yeah, I'll sign up and test for your fucking weird shit scientists and then you're just done forever, you know? Yeah, that's that's the risk. Yeah. And a while ago I I heard about an experimental drug for instead of serving life sentences to inmates in prison, they would give you a drug that would make you like perceive within like 10 minutes like a thousand years or something like that it slows down time that you experience it for a thousand years yeah instead of putting you in jail for life that's hell that sucks yeah but it's like i'm pretty sure that's all very theoretical too yeah Um, um okay anyway smooth transition into a movie that i finally saw last week yeah um I want to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. Cool. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while now. I know. And I just finally got to see it. Tess and I went and saw it. And uh, so needless to say, Spider-Man Homecoming spoilers coming right up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this will probably be the last thing we talk about this episode. So uh, you can peace out if you're not interested. Um, Anyway, uh, it was fucking great. It was so good. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I loved it. One of the things I've complained on here, I believe, about with Marvel is that they like try to force too much comedy in all their movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the comedy in this one worked so well, and it was never overstay its welcome, I thought. Um, they did a really good job of making it very funny, but I also took it pretty seriously. Yeah. Yeah, the balance of, of humor... Because when the movie the movie takes a pretty serious turn at one point, and I thought they fucking nailed it without breaking the tone of the movie at all. Um, but yeah, the comedy like it helps that it's a more lighthearted movie. Just it's kind of a simpler movie to be honest. Even though it's like technically a big Marvel movie, it's more of like a ground uh, a ground level superhero film. With it's a like a the, simple plot. The story is local. It's not about saving the earth yeah. or anything like that. Which yeah. yeah, that was one thing I really liked about it. Um, is that the stakes the stakes were not that high. The stakes were just about the characters in the movie, which I get tired of having to save the world every fucking time. You know. Yeah, it's just essentially about a kid who's trying to stop a burglar in his in his, in his neighborhood. Um, yeah while trying to impress the avengers like the connection to and that's saying we did our spoiler warning we can go we can go full on it um yeah he uh yeah like i i loved the way i i really liked its tie to the avengers i mean the the entire plot Mm -hmm. of the movie was of you know everybody he's trying to stop the or the, the the ring he's trying to stop is getting their like tech from uh avengers an avengers fight you know like from the battle of new york and the first avengers um and then uh and then he's like super hard up for iron man and he wants to impress him and be an avenger and he's waiting the whole time like to join up and that was all just so cool like the tie-in stuff was great but it was not that important like what you cared about was him and his his story um and he did such a good job i can't i can't believe what a good job he did yeah 
Um, so you liked all the the big like Marvel Universe tie-in stuff to it? Yeah, I did. I think at this point it's it's like pointless to complain about it because Marvel has created its own texture for um for movie for cinema, and it's like this is kind of where we're in where they tr- they're treating it like a TV show. Like every movie that comes out is a new episode of this TV show that is Marvel Universe, and you kind of like you're expected to keep up. Like if you don't. You could totally watch the movie and be okay, but it's obviously something that benefits from watching all of them. And to be honest, they're all worth watching, so why wouldn't you just watch them? Do people complain about that? Yeah, I think people still are like, I wish it wasn't so heavily tied into, or like like they, they wish that Tony Stark wasn't even in it or anything, you know? Like, it can't just be like a pure spider-man movie that stands alone on itself no that's what's so great is it i like what i hate is when these movies try to operate in a vacuum too much because they're not in a vacuum and so when this crazy ass shit is going on and then none of the avengers show up or hear about it like it doesn't make any sense um that was one of my Mm -hmm. favorite lines in ant-man when hank pym tells scott lang about like this big thing that's about to go down hank's like okay or scott he's like okay i've got an idea we should call the Avengers. <laughs> like it's the first thing he yeah. says, because that of course that's the first thing you would say in a world where these heroes exist, you know? Um, yeah. And so I feel like earlier on in the Marvel universe, before they were two tied together, you didn't get that. You'd get these like, like Thor, Thor one, which is still one of my least favorite Marvel movies. There's mm-hmm. this giant alien, like clobbering this town. Why yeah. is Iron Man not there? Like, yeah. Why hasn't he showed up at that point? Um, he literally in his movie like watches the news and goes and saves people across the world. Like it, mm. it didn't make any sense that he didn't take part yeah. in that. Um, and so the fact that they are more and more inner interwoven, I think it just, yeah, it, it, it allows them to make more sense. And Spider-Man was introduced in civil war. And so the mm-hmm. fact that that's, he got his suit from Tony Stark and that's where he's coming from. Like was awesome. Um, and it made total sense and it was a ton of fun. So yeah, I, I disagree with all those people. I hate them. <laughs> um, I can see where they're coming from, but also like, I'm so into what Marvel's doing that I just, I just love everything they did in this movie that connects it to the universe. What do you think of Spider-Man's new suit and how tricked out it was and very, is very Iron Man. Like I, I, I don't mind it being kind of tricked out. Um, but I, I'm hoping that the more we see him, the less they'll focus on it. Like, I, I don't like that it has its own AI. Like, it allowed for some funny scenes, but I wish mm. it didn't have its own AI and, like, the visual system being, like, the fact that it, does, it you know, plots routes for him and all that shit. Like, it was, it was too much, just like an Iron Man suit, I thought. Um, yeah. But I liked some of its capabilities. Like, I'd like to see the suit be a little less smart, but still have, like, the retractable web wings and, like, the different sort of, uh, like, different web types and stuff like that. Like, I thought that was all really cool. Uh, but I just wish it wasn't quite so smart, I think. Um, I thought on a narrative level, I liked the AI in the suit because it, it allows for, like you said, it allows for some funny scenes. And it it kind of mitigates the need for like the comic book inner dialogue that Mm. makes comic books fun instead he's talking to someone else but he's still kind of talking to himself so like i love the scene where he like saves them in the in the elevator and she he's like looking at his crush as as he's already done the deed and the suit just cuts the tension and is like 
say say something, or he goes like kiss her, or she, what did she say? She say like she's right there. Peter? This is your chance. Like say something. Like tell yeah. her, tell her, um, tell her, Peter. Yeah. Um, fun fact: the voice of that is Jennifer Connelly. Really? And Jennifer Connelly is married to Paul Bettany. Oh, that is a fun fact. And Jennifer Connelly is like probably my number one Hollywood crush. Yeah, she's she's uh, the OG babe from. Uh, rocketeer days yeah baby yeah um yeah i think it's funny that the husband and wife for the 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 two ais for the two smart guys in the marvel well now it's uh the lady from boardwalk empire um oh really Mm -hmm. for tony stark's suit yeah what's her name i couldn't tell you like the ai oh friday yeah friday yeah yeah um yeah uh so yeah the suit was cool um what were the other those other sort of new things about it that they updated um i, I liked, oh good i like marissa tomei as aunt may yeah i like that she's i i like yeah i like that a lot hot aunt yeah. may but like she didn't she wasn't trying to be hot but she just yeah was like i kind of enjoyed that that Mm -hmm. that joke um i can't believe it but the vulture is probably one of my favorite marvel movie villains ever dude yes can we for a moment let's just talk about the resurgence of michael keaton how awesome he is um Um, yeah michael keaton great in this movie so good in the movie he just even his look like the fucking wrinkles in his face are amazing looking uh yeah I yeah, uh, he was just fantastic and he was like I love that he wasn't a straight up evil villain. Like he was a bad guy. There was no arguing he was like doing a good thing. Um yeah. but he wasn't his goal wasn't to kill a bunch of people for revenge. It wasn't to do this. Like it was just he was an arms dealer, like and he had a really good speech about like Tony Stark, like how do you think Tony Stark paid for that suit you're wearing? Like Yeah. Or whatever he said. Like, how do you think Tony Stark paid for this stuff? Like, it's by selling weapons. Like, that's what his dynasty was built on. Like, he just, he did such a, he was did such a good job. And he was so good. And is like, he never, I felt like, went crazy. Like, you always have these villains that start out compelling. And then by the end, they're just, like, so overwhelmed with their rage that they, uh, they just get unbelievable. And I feel yeah. like he never did that. Like he sort of had his own code and he stuck with it. Like when he, when Spider-Man rings his doorbell to take that girl out on a date and he answers Holy it, shit. It, that was such a good surprise. I didn't see it coming at all. Um, it tied. That was a per the, per, the most perfect storytelling moment I've seen in a movie this year so far, because it tied everything that was happening in the movie together in such a perfect bow that you should have seen it coming, but you never did. Like the storytelling was so on point and you were so like, just it was that magical moment where you're like everything washed away and I wasn't in critic mode. I was just enjoying this movie and I was able to actually be caught off guard by that. And it was amazing. Yeah. And I think honestly, like the fact that he's white and that this, his daughter was black, like I think it helped my brain not even go there, which uh, it would, you know, it'd be nice if that wasn't the case, but I didn't think about it. I just did not cross my mind. 
um, yeah. that he might be her dad. And, and like to the point where when he opened the door, uh, I, I, I wasn't, I, my first thought was like, Oh my God, he's her dad. My first, I was like, Oh, does he know who Peter Parker is? Like, does, is yeah. that like, is he here? Does he have her and her family kidnapped or something? And then I very quickly realized like, Oh shit. He's like, it all made sense. Cause the two like crooks earlier were in the school and they're like, Oh, the boss would shit himself. If he knew where we were right now. Yeah. And I, you just take that to mean like, cause they're in a high school. Um, yeah. but nope, it's cause they're in his daughter's high school. Like it was so good. And I was so impressed with, uh, the direction and the acting from that moment forward. Like I, I really, really yeah. loved that Peter Parker. There was the no, car, the car ride. Yeah. There was, school. there was no comedy in his awkwardness, which like, I feel like a, a lesser Marvel movie would have thrown in some weird slapsticky shit where he was like so off put that he yeah. was doing silly dumb stuff, but he was yeah. just like, you know, he's been in love with this girl, uh, for, you know, probably not that long. He's only 15, but, uh, he loves this girl and he, he's on, he's taking her to homecoming and then he's just like, doesn't give a shit about her anymore because he's realized this thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, just like what a bad date he becomes. And, the fact that he's like, oh god, it's just so tense. Like I was nervous the that yeah. entire sequence, um, and then when the vulture puts it together, he's Spider Man, and he like he pulls a fucking gun out of his glove compartment, holds it on the back of the seat, never shows it to Spider Man. The camera never focuses on it. It just was mm-hmm. a thing he did. Like that's a good touch. That's a good fucking touch in a movie to me. When yeah. It's just like this detail where he's he's not sure when he grabs that gun exactly what he's going to do, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, he backs up his shit about, like, he he's, he sells all these weapons because he wants, he's got a family and he wants yeah. to keep them afloat. And obviously he lives in a mansion, like, so he's, it's not like he's just scraping by. But yeah. his whole thing is like, this is for my family. And so then when he finds out he's Spider-Man, he's like, you saved my family. Uh, and he know, he knows that his daughter likes him. He's like, I'm going to not kill you yeah. because of this, because you saved my daughter and my family is everything to me. Like that was true to character is true to form. Um, and then like he intimidated him. And like, I was so intimidated by Michael Keaton in that scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God, he was great. Like, yeah, it was, Oh, it was really good. And he was so good. Um, and I can't believe that the vulture, like the vultures, I don't give a fuck about that character. He's never been yeah. an interesting Spider-Man villain at all. Um, and he was done so well. I think a lot of it was the character design. Like the design they went with was so good with the, yeah. the, the like bomber jacket and the base. He basically has like flight wings and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, it was good, man. I I loved it, and that scene was the best, like, probably the best scene in the movie. And it's it's when the hero and the villain square off, and they're not even wearing their outfits. Yeah, like they get to look each other in the eye before they have like a big action scene afterwards. Um, yeah, it was so nice. And then when uh when the vulture brings down that building on top of Spider Man, mm-hmm. um, and Tom Holland did such a fucking good job when he was under that rubble, like of looking like a fucking upset teenager. Like 
he yeah. was like crying, like sobbing. There's blood dripping, and he's like, "Hey, you just I like that was a really emotional moment." And he did such a good job with it. Like I, I just think he sold it so well. Um, he did. Um, I think, you know, he did a good job through through the whole movie because he had a lot of complex stuff to do. Not only the superhero thing, but the like seeing the struggle between like I just want to be a kid and hang out with my friends, but I feel this responsibility that like no one's really telling me I need to do, but I feel duty and responsibility to community and in the world really because I have these powers. Mm-hmm. But there's like nothing more that he wants than to just hang out at that party and like have a crush on this girl for a little bit. But then he like sees shit off in the distance. One of my favorite scenes was when he has to, and it's something I always thought about living in a, a smaller city was like, there's certain parts like Spider-Man can't exist out of New York because of the tall buildings. And if he was ever in a suburban area, he'd be useless. And yeah. I loved it when he had to like run across the golf yep. course. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, I, the, yeah, the way they shot that was so good too. Like he just shoots and then nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Another thing I loved about it, uh, at the end, Tony Stark asks him, basically tells him he's officially an Avenger and he presents mm-hmm. him with a suit that looks way too much like the Iron Spider suit and it looks ugly as shit. And yeah. I was like sitting there in a the theater trying to convince myself I didn't hate the suit. I was like, I was like, no, it's good. Yeah. It looks good. It's it's cool. It's like more high tech. And, but yeah. then in the back of like, that's in the back of my head. And then in the back of the back of my head, I'm like, just say no, don't take the fucking yeah. suit. Don't do it. Yeah. Like, or I was thinking like, okay, accept the position, like become an Avenger, but ask if you can keep the old suit. Like, just and then he says no and i was like fuck yeah he just said no to the iron spider like i hate that suit so much and then Mm. he goes home and he gets there's a suit it's like this belongs to you on the bag and the way they start the pan up shot of that made me think it was going to be a reveal and so i was like shit like he's still gonna have the iron spider and he didn't yeah he had his suit and this spider-man suit is the best suit like you know i've i've enjoyed I pretty much enjoyed all the Spider-Man movies so far. They definitely yeah. like the, the Andrew Garfield ones had a lot of problems, but there was still stuff to enjoy in them. I thought, and I always loved mm-hmm. the suit design, but his Spider-Man suit was so good. Um, it looked just, yeah. I just loved the way it looked. And so I was so happy that they fucking showed us this flashy. It's a type of suit that like a prop designer would get hard for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they know from the Iron Spider and comics that the fans don't like it. Um, yeah. And so I was just so glad that they put that out there and then didn't have him take it. That was such a big moment, I think. Like, I have those moments a lot of movies where I'm like, oh, this will be fine. But in the back of my head, I'm like, but what would be really great is if this didn't happen. And it always ends up happening. And so the fact that it actually, he didn't take it, I was I was thrilled. Yeah. And that final scene where he's wearing it and Aunt May <laughs> finds him <laughs> is so good. I laughed so hard when the credits rolled on that. Yeah, she just yells, what the fuck, right? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it cuts off right at the exact right moment. Yeah. Uh, um, which, that's big, too. That's that's super different. Aunt May never knew he was Spider-Man in any incarnation. Yeah. Uh, so they, they're, they're, like, they're doing some cool new things with it. And yet it still feels classic. It's kind of like the suit that he wears is it's obviously different, but it just at first glance, it just looks like the classic suit. Like it's enough like the old stuff, but new enough too. Um, 
How about Chris Evans cameo? Oh god. Did you stay till the very end? Yes. Uh so yeah. Oh fuck. It was <laughs> fantastic. I do have to yeah. say I don't like the trend uh that's been happening for a while now. What trend? Hang on a second. Sorry. No problem. Feeling dead air because that's my job. Talking Sorry about the Spider Man. Tesso was watching TV and it sounded like just straight up pornography, but it's something else, I think. Okay. Um, but uh, it's very loud. I'm just trying to see if the mic picks it up at all. It might. It might not. It doesn't look like it is. It does sound like I think people are just fucking on television. Um, oh, weird. Is it Game of Thrones? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's distracting me. Um, anyway, what was I saying before all you the fucking... You don't like some sort of trend? Oh, I don't like the trend in the Marvel movies where the the f- post-credit scene, like the actual f- post-credit scene, is just a gag. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked being rewarded for sitting through the end and seeing... Yeah. Uh, like that's where the real stinger was. Um, and I, I mean, I feel like it, it started with like the first Avengers. So it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's based, it's obviously how it's going. Cause like Avengers one, the Thanos scene, Jesus Christ, there's so much fucking going on. Really? Um, yeah, I, I have to ask her to turn it down. Give me just a second. Okay. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, there's awkward fucking going on. It's not often that the girl in the equation is listening to porn while the man's trying to get stuff done. But, you know, gender stereotypes, you got to do away with them. So here we are. Um, it is. It was a birth scene, not a sex scene. So uh, still, it's an implied. It was implied that sex happened nine months ago. Um, yeah. So it's essentially a sex scene. Okay. Birth um, scene. There you go. But sorry about that. It just was uh, really distracting me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Avengers one had had the Thanos in the mid credits, and then it had the shawarma scene post credits. I feel like that's what started it. Um, yeah. But I like. I've always, not always, obviously, but for a very long time before Marvel started their shit, I always sit through the credits in movies, um, and so I like that reward at the end. Um, yeah. So I was. Uh, I was disappointed when they started making the final scene a joke and like the mid credit scene was the content. Um, yeah. But that being said, this one was fucking great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just having Steve Rogers t- talk about patience and how sometimes it leads to nothing and it's super disappointing. Uh, yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I loved, I forgot how much the cast was stacked in this movie and i forgot that hannibal burris was in it in some way (laughs) and his his like scene where he's showing the captain america video and he's like standing on the wrong side of the monitor all like that that sort of physical comedy and he goes he goes i'm pretty sure that guy's a war criminal now but i have to show this so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah oh um and like sorry good good there you go the the guy from uh what is that show the tech show on HBO. 
Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Oh, Bill. I know. I think of him as Bill from uh, Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was really good. Uh, He did a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, I I couldn't lose a student on a school event. Not again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He was great. Uh, I really love the fact that they put Donald Glover in it. Mm -hmm. Um because of like there was this huge fan campaign for Donald Glover to play Spider-Man. Um yeah. and I I completely agree with what they did. Tom Holland is amazing and he's like Donald Glover would have been too old and that's I'm just I'm really glad we have a young young Spider-Man that actually looks young. Mm. Um yeah. but the fact that there was this huge campaign and then they gave him like a a decent little side role. Um I loved when he sticks him to the car and he's like mm-hmm. He's like, oh, no, uh, take care of this. <laughs> he's yeah. like, oh, it'll be gone in about two or three hours. He's like, <laughs> nope, that's not happening. I ice cream in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got ice cream in here. <laughs> yeah, you deserve that. It. You're a criminal. Yeah. You deserved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that was great. So the character he's playing is actually pretty important. Really? Uh, I don't know. So it seems like you don't really know. Uh, the character that he plays uh is actually his alter ego is the prowler and he's a thief and the reason why the prowler is important because he is the uncle to miles morales okay and that's who people wanted him to play because miles morales is the black spider-man yeah and he has a lot to do with he has a lot to do with miles morales actually becoming spider-man gotcha uh, well that is that is that is a character and if you recall he says his nephew lives in in this town um, so it potentially could set him up for future stuff. But yeah, I like that. He, he they got to they put him in, and they also gave him a pretty prominent Spider-Man role. Um, yeah. The one thing I didn't like about the movie was the final action scene on the plane, because there was no. It was so crazy with all the like the shielding on the plane that they were fighting on. Mm-hmm. There was no like point of focus for it there was nowhere really to rest your eyes so the action could be uh digestible it was like it was like visual vomit almost um which sucked because this what was happening was wholly exciting like having a having to like See, fight through turbines and stuff it's, i liked that because i felt like it put like that was the whole thing was like peter parker was like okay like this is my moment like i'm going to go stop this guy and i'm it might kill me like and so I liked it because I felt like that franticness and the lack of focus was like it. W- I thought it was like evocative of of the scene. Like it was what was mm. happening was this like crazy last ditch. Like it was this last ditch effort on both parties. Like yeah. the vulture was about to lose everything because they had been found out. And so he was making this one final play. Um, and then Spider-Man was like, this is my chance to actually stop this guy and he jumped on this plane like with no way out like he he didn't have any plan you know necessarily mm-hmm. to live um like i don't think he was intending to die but he clearly went in there not thinking about how to get down um and sure. so i i felt like that sort of friendness like that whole scene i thought was really ang- like i had a lot of anxiety during it and it was just mm-hmm. like it was really intense and hard to focus on because and I, I i thought that added to the scene because that was sort of the idea. Like they're on a fucking plane tumbling through the sky. Like, so if it was all really clearly like 
easy to see and choreographed it would have felt too calm for that i think um, i would i would buy that if it wasn't it, i mean they were up there for a while yeah so i don't I don't know if it was so intentional. Like what you're saying makes sense for oh, sure. Oh yeah, and I, I'm not, not trying to say it was intentional, but I'm saying I didn't yeah. mind it for those reasons. Sure, yeah, it, it makes sense to do that sort of thing. But I feel like if it was if it was intentional that way, that it they wouldn't have been up there for that long. Yeah. It would have cleared up at some point. But yeah, um, that was really the only thing I liked. All the action before that, I like that. I like the connection between Peter and the vulture where they're both kind of the blue collar, lower class version of heroes and villains. Yeah. Like, it made when he had a speech with him in the warehouse a little bit more like believable that he was trying to reach out to him because they are kind of on the same level, just on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, and I like that uh, Peter's not good at being Spider-Man. Like, he's not good at being a hero. My favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes was in the beginning when he stopped that guy from breaking into the car. And stealing he's like, this is car. My, yeah, he's like, this is my car. And then, like, it just keeps escalating. as like the, the alarm's going off, and then they're getting pissed. The neighbors are getting pissed because of the noise and shit. And then it's like, yeah, it's just he couldn't do any right in that scene. Yeah, that, that scene was awesome. Um, yeah. Last thing I want and, to talk like, about. Oh, good. Uh, when he when he goes to swing and just straight up falls on the rooftop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just, just like, completely overshoots it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Little, little touches like that just make it feel a little more like warm and like. And I'm just so fucking glad I didn't have to watch Spider Man's goddamn origin story again. Yeah, I think people are aware that we we'd never need to see his or Batman's origin story again. I don't think people are aware of Batman. Zack Snyder still made us fucking sit through it, even if it was a slideshow. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I don't. We're not doing that. <laughs> we're talking about good movies tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about uh, mm-hmm. is there were two pieces to that movie that were uh, bigger than the movie itself, and the first one was that we had the return of Pepper Potts in that movie. Um, yeah. That was completely unexpected. I mm-hmm. pretty much assumed she was out of the MCU. Um, yeah. And she shows back up and they're like going to maybe get married. Um, Looks like it. Yeah. So it was exciting. It's not a big deal. Like Pepper Potts is never one of the like pillars of the Marvel Universe, but it was always mm-hmm. weird. Like the weird sort of writing her in and out. Um, so that was interesting, I thought. But then the bigger deal to me was that Happy uh, dropped the bomb that Iron Man is building a new shield for Cap, even though the last we saw them, they had a complete falling out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That I thought was huge. Like I thought that was very big information um, mm-hmm. because Cap left his shield with Iron Man. So Iron Man has Captain America's old shield and apparently is working on a new one for him. And I wonder why, yeah. like why, why does he need a new one in the first place? His, his didn't break or anything. Um, no, I think like, Iron Man, like, Tony's just as constantly tinkering, making he's just stuff, constantly improving and making stuff. And, and he's paranoid about what's to come. Right. Still. But that's, but that's the thing. Like the fact that he's making Iron Man or Captain America, a new shield implies that he at least envisions a future in which they work together. Um, and obviously that future is coming because we're, we're leading up to infinity war, mm-hmm. but like the it's interesting to me that the characters are there like or that at least uh iron man is there tony stark is is thinking about cap about helping cap be better uh yeah 
Because that scene, I mean, the scene at the end of Civil War uh, with when Cap and Iron Man are fighting and Captain America's like, that's not your shield. Like, you don't deserve it. And so they're like, it's a heartbreaking scene. Um, yeah. And so, like, I'm I'm just super excited at the idea that, like, the hatchet might be in the process of being buried. Yeah. Um, I have a theory about how the plot line of... Because the, the, they're filming the two Avenger, next two Avengers movies. They're going to come out one year after the other. So right. I have, a, I have a feeling... I don't know if you want me to share it because I don't want to guide you in any way, but I, I have a feeling... Kind of, and like if they do this, it'd be bonkers and really cool. Yeah, don't tell but, me. Uh, yeah, I like being dumb. I, it's not based on anything that I've read, that like fan theories, or that I think is actually like provable by watching these other movies. It's just like, oh man, it'd be cool if Avengers three ended like this and four was just this. But yeah, I think. uh exciting stuff is on the horizon and they set spider-man up to be a part of it and uh i'm excited to see him again soon oh, i'm so excited to see him again soon um so the actual last thing i want to talk about is it has to do with the marvel movies but it has to do with every movie um mm-hmm. have you heard about this movie pass yeah you sent me the um thing for it did you sign up for I read it, it. I didn't sign up for it. I I read it a little bit, but I got distracted by other stuff. Um, I'm signed up for it. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, but just in case, I mean, it was it's pretty fucking like I'm sure everybody's heard about it. Um, but uh, it's a it's a subscription service where you pay ten dollars a month and you get to see uh, up to one movie a day in mm-hmm. theaters. And the only catch is you can't see 3D movies or IMAX movies, and you can't see the same movie more than once. Hmm. Um, but so for ten bucks monthly, you can see every single new release that comes out if you wanted to. Um, That's cool. It's an insanely good deal. Um, and so we bought it because we're broke, and so you know, twenty bucks a month. Like we really like seeing movies, but it's expensive. Going to the movies is expensive. And so if we can spend $20 a month for both of us and then we can go see movies on a whim and not have it cost us any money, it's pretty great. Yeah. That's pretty Um, cool. In order to start, like we, they're supposed to send us like a, basically part of the program is you get this like debit card Mm -hmm. and you buy the movie through their app and it like loads your debit card with the money to buy it, to actually buy the movie. And then you go to the theater and use that debit card to buy the ticket. So it's like, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be more of a hassle than seeing a movie normally, but it's still $10 a month. And that's such a good deal. Um, yeah. So like, I'm excited cause I want to go see Dunkirk. Um, I want to yeah. see uh baby driver. Like there's a bunch of movies that are still in theaters that I wanted to see, but just figured I like, they weren't important enough that it was going to be worth the money. Um, and so like how many movies are you going to go see now just because you can? Exactly. You know? I'm, I'm probably going to start seeing movies that are only kind of appealing to me because I, it's essentially free, you know, like, and so that's, it's just a really good deal. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I can't imagine it's sustainable for too long. Um, yeah. but I'll do it until they raise the prices or go out of business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, you should sign up too. I mean, I, I've the service has been around for a few years. It's just this new pricing model. Yeah. Um, and people who have used the service before, they say, you know, it's not perfect. Like the app's not great. Um, but it's, it works and it's pretty cool. Like people who like movie buffs have already really liked the service. Cause it used to be like 30 bucks a month or something like that for, uh, or it was like $15 a month for a movie a week or something like that, but, mm-hmm. or 30 for a movie a week, something like that, but it still was a better deal, but now it's it's like too good to not pay for. Like if you're going to go see a single movie in a month, then you should just buy this instead. Yeah. Um, and if there's like no blackout dates, new releases, um, it works with like almost every, it works with all the major chains and like a bunch of indie theaters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty pumped. Cool. Yeah, you should be. Lots of good movies to see out there. I want you to see Dunkirk, so I want to talk about that one, too. Yeah, I really want to see that. But that's, I wish that... So it says it doesn't work with IMAX, but on the app, like, I have access to the IMAX Showtime, so I'm not exactly yeah. sure how it all works. Because um, I definitely would like to see Dunkirk in IMAX. Maybe it's for, like, a higher tier of pay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I will say I saw it in regular theater, and it was just pretty epic even without imax yeah i believe it so cool well i think that can be our episode i'm feeling pretty satisfied i feel mega satisfied yeah this i thought this was nice it was uh check us out at the usual places podcast.com backslash keith um, you got it then you go to iTunespodcast.com backslash underscore Keith and Sam podcast.com. And mm-hmm. then uh, we want to make sure you hit us up, comment, Twitter, add on tumblr.com slash satisfaction show the movie.com backslash showtimes. We should make satisfaction the movie one day. Yeah, we should. It'll be boring. Oh, it'll be great. It'll just be someone filming us tripping on mushrooms. That'll be really boring. That'll be super for boring. them. For us, it'll be. It'll be. Okay. Um. Well, sweet. Love you. Smell Keith. you later. I guess. Uh. I guess I love you too. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye.